This is the Partnership for the Arts Talk Show, where we talk art. Hope you're enjoying that music there. That is actually a soundtrack, original soundtrack, as a matter of fact, from the guest that is going to be joining us here in the studio in just a minute. So, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Hope you all are doing well today. We certainly are here at the VAC. We have got an incredible treat for you today because you are going to hear some live performances from some incredibly talented and very entertaining musicians. That is Gary and Carrie. They'll be joining us here in the library in just a moment, and we'll be right back. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or on our newest website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Welcome back. So if you're wondering, whose voice was that you heard with me on that introduction? That is Lauren. She is our intern. She is going to be coming in, co-hosting, starting next episode. But if you can't wait to then, you can certainly go to our Facebook page or our website and uh, you can hear Lauren as we did a little intro interview with her about that amazing brainiac of a young lady. So let's get ready with the show. Our guests are now with us here in the studio. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. Thank you for having us. Yeah, well, and glad to have you here. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we met at FM Dance. Mm-hmm. You all are performing there, and again, I, I just love the music and your style, so I wanted to have you guys come on the show, though I messed up on our schedule today, but we're doing good. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> my, my first blooper for the show. <laughs> Let's talk about you two. want to learn a little bit about the history. How long have you two been playing, performing? Together, 16 years. 16 years, and that has been here? Yes. Here, well, we did some traveling in the beginning. We stopped traveling after about four or five years when we had our son, but we were traveling a lot. See, we went up to Massachusetts there for a bit, and then we went to Texas as well. We also played in Michigan there, didn't we? Huh? We did. And with Key West, we was there a lot. They're not going to believe you if you use that accent. <laughs> yeah, we were joking early before the show about having an accent filter. We don't yes, have one. I just have one, and he thinks he can just pull any accent. So out. where where did you two meet? Treasure we, Island. Treasure Island. Yeah, Treasure Island. That's okay. my treasure at Treasure Island. There you we go. We met at a band rehearsal. He was filling in for a guitar player in a band I was in, and he played with the keyboard player from my band in another band. And okay. we hired Carrie to sing back up in the studio uh, on one of Jim Morris's recordings. And um, 
Gary was sparks his... were flying, Dave. It was the most amazing thing. Love was in the air. Yeah. It was like with one touch, a thousand quivers, and here we are. Oh, God. 16 years later. Mm. <laughs> yes, he was the lead guitar player for Jim Morris yeah. back years ago. Wait. And... You were? Yes. <laughs> That's that eyebrow thing we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you got your eyebrows way up. Yeah. Jim Morris. You know yes. who Jim Morris yes. is? Jim yeah, he was his, his uh, he was the lead guitar player for seven years. Excellent. Yes. And so, um, so we a lot of people that we know are, you know, Jim Morris fans to this day, you know, even after his, his untimely passing. So Yeah. So how did you get involved with Jim Morris then? Well, um, prior to that, I moved to Punta Gorda, Florida, because I was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, with the Platters, Monroe Powell. And Wilson Williams came in after I'd been with them for a while, and he was making home here in Punta Gorda. So he opened a restaurant club at uh, the old Reflections at the Ramada Inn, and I moved here lock, stock, and barrel, bought a house, and settled in, and ultimately had to go to work on the side with Donnie Brown at DB Sound. And Jim happened to be looking for a guitar player, and uh, Donnie and Ronnie suggested that I talk to him. I went on a gig with him and stayed to it. And uh, Wilson and uh, Brasile and Al and everybody, of course, kept on with their, their doings, and I, uh, I parted ways and went with, uh, with Jim. And it just afforded me the most wonderful life I could have. It introduced me to Carrie. It, uh, he had a, a CD release party, asked me to do a solo, and I, I didn't know which end to blow on as far as just, you know, stand there with a the guitar and try, but I did. And, and it was at Bernard's place at Burt's. And he put me to work. And then uh, when I went and worked with Carrie and her band, and she worked and uh, did, did the stuff in the studio. It was funny because I was engineering and she nailed it in the first take. And I said, do that again, do that again. I made her do it over and over and over. I was there for nine hours <laughs> for five songs. I didn't want her to leave. But oh, we would have been done. We would have been done in two hours. He kept me there an extra seven hours. I was, I was so exhausted. And I was like, are you sure? That sounded fine. Then from there, you know, uh, Dennis and Nancy out there at the uh, Navigator, they were so kind. And that, that was Jim's home base. You know, that's where he, he did his thing at the, na at the Navigator. And, um, and I got to do a solo gig there. And Carrie came along with me, and I, I begged and pleaded with her if she, would, if she would sing with me, I think I would just be able to set the world on fire. And uh, then we met Kip Lawrence out at Matt Lachey, and he said, hey, you guys need to come on down to Pine Island and play at the jam. And we went, and we knew approximately four or five songs between three. us. Well, three, I Three songs together. And we were to one or two, and Barb and Scott Adams, who owned the uh, saloon, they said, put down the book, you guys are going to start working here. And that was in 2004. Charlie hit. Yeah. And then Charlie, yeah. Yep. And we, had, when we left there that night, we said, oh, man, we got to learn 35 songs together. <laughs> we're still working on in them, but weeks. they're coming together, you know. Wow. So, by God's grace and mercy, we've been been doing it. We still work down there in, uh, on Pine Island. Well, now we work at the Low Key Tiki. At the Low Key, which Barb and Scott moved down to. But now Johnny and Aaron own that. Right. So, yeah. And that's where we have our 
Rock on the Dock Songwriters Festival. It normally would be in June. We moved it to May, and then COVID-19 hit, so it got pushed. Yeah. So, so explain the Rock on the Dock Festival. Well, Barb and Scott down there, they wanted to have something going on off-season for the locals mm-hmm. that would highlight original songwriters and didn't have a stage to do it and asked if we would host it because we had a lot of original music and right there down the street was jimmy lewis who wrote a lot for waylon jennings and had lots of lots and lots of accolades we set up and invited anybody that would want to play and do their original music pat mccune from captiva unbelievable singer songwriter So the people would come and they would basically donate their talents and the place would pack out and pack out and just to, to capacity. And we kept thinking, well, do you want to get some big dogs in here, a big roll-in stage and sound cut? No, no, we want to keep it small. And it has rolled on, on and on and on for 10 years. And one of the neatest blessings, yeah, again, you know, Carrie's making me get up on the microphone and raise my eyebrows like she does. Anyway, I, I stand corrected. About what? <laughs> well, that's how I get you explain, it. You explained it. That, I, most of that is true. Most of what he just said is true, I would say. You might have your listeners dial in and contact Carrie for the actual truth on most of these items. There's some details, but you know. <laughs> so you guys did Rock on a Dock. You play around Punta Gorda quite a bit. Yes, we play at FM Dons every Friday where you met us. Mm -hmm. And starting back in August, we'll be back at Hurricane Charlie's on Wednesday nights. Um, We play at Dean's, we were just there last night, which is, I'm a little raspy today. And um, we play the Navigator, like Gary said, and I'm drawing a blank. Hold on. We play in Inglewood. We play at the Sandbar on Minnesota Key. We play at Farlow's on the Water. Is this the information you're wanting? Yeah. Give a shout out to, to places there. We play at Burt's. Um, Matt Lachey. We played there for the majority of the time we've been together. Um, a lot of the places that I've listed, we've played at for 16 years. So. Yeah, I was, that was going to be my next question. Yes, a lot of them. Playing. Farlow's, Burt's, basically. But, yeah. And then Navigator. 16 years yeah. and then uh, now Shauna and Jesse own it that we outlasted you know that they had a good thing going and then either closed or whatever. yeah we've been over at the, the sand part they have they've had a changeover but um even down there at old Gus and Andy's place I don't know what oh we're going back to all-star we're going back to Gus and Andy's uh all-star we played back uh, at the the old boomers boomers yeah he doesn't yeah. we're not supposed to talk about that and then um <laughs> So it's All Star now. Yeah, we're playing at All Star. I've been very well informed. So we're going to be back there next month, and so that's going to be exciting. So we haven't been there in I want to say ten years. Wow! So, One yeah. sad thing, Dave, about this is that we have gotten groomed and blessed to be playing here at the Punta Gorda Block Party, mm-hmm. and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and better, oh, and better bigger state. I mean, we yep. just really enjoyed that COVID situation. So I think they they talked about rescheduling it. No, they're not know. rescheduling oh. it this year that I know of. I I talked to Donna and Kevin about that, but we just started playing down in Fort Myers at a place called the Bimini Bait Shack. We were working there for a, a few gigs, but that that's a neat place because we get to stand above the bar. 
yeah. the stage is above the bar, so that's fun. It's a fun place. Um, you get and you get to use your uh, production skills by hitting the remote on the boat that's in front of you. You know, <laughs> that's to ride. There's a boat that's yeah. There's a boat you have to move up, up and down. Out it's kind of kinda crazy, you know. <laughs> you don't want to fall off that one, Dave. And we're also at the boathouse in Fort Myers. Um, Chip a tooth for sure. I have a list. I can't. I know. I'm, I know. I'm. Le- I don't want to leave anybody out because you know that. That's okay. You can cover that list uh, when we come. Back. I got it all. I think we're gonna I take it all. a. We're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be back in just a minute. So, everybody, hang on. All right. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Hi, my name is Russ Emanuel. I'm the director of Occupants, the Assassin's Apprentice, and Collar. And you're listening to Partnership for the Arts. Okay, we are back. And I want to make sure I thank Russell Emanuel for that spot. Again, Russell Emanuel, as he mentioned there, anything, he is a movie director. We did an interview with him a while back. The biggest shows his, uh, I guess, one of his biggest hits is The Occupants, which has won hundreds of hundreds of awards at film festivals all over the world. Russell, good to uh, have that commercial plug for you. We are sitting here with Gary and Carrie, musicians. And we've been talking about history of what you've been doing, fascinating the people that you have, have met and performed with. You have some CDs sitting out here, and one of them is titled 9-11, and that's an important one. Yeah, as I said earlier, I moved to, to Port Charlotte due to a fellow by the name of Cord Costler. Well, actually it was through the Platters, but Cord was doing their bookings, and I was their guitar player, and we came to uh, Charlotte County together. And on the morning of September the 11th, 2001, he had called me and he said, he said, you need to turn the TV on and see what's happening and see if you can write a song about it. So I turned the television on and it was right before the, uh, the second plane hit the tower. And I said a prayer and about 15 minutes, pen and paper and a guitar, it just kind of came to me and I wrote it and uh, it's dedicated to the firefighters and police officers and first responders all the the people that uh, do what they do and it made a really huge enormous impact on me watching that and uh, i went over to paul cottrell's uh, music and serious fun and he allowed me to record a demo of it so then i gave it to cord and cord blasted it out and about the 15th or 16th of September, uh, it said, uh, U.S. songwriter commemorates 911 tragedy, Gary Harvey. And number two is Sting is working on something, Michael Jackson is working on something, and Stevie Wonder is working on something. But And there was 26,000 hits in, in just that fast. Never made any money on it, didn't want to, but what... What I did sell went straight to the firefighters. Mm. And then uh, when Carrie and I got together, we re-recorded it and added her on the harmony, and she did the uh, the vocal work and artwork as well. And that's just a real special song. And to this day, many of our, our police officer friends, firefighters, and, and the ones that, to me, are heroes, mm-hmm. um, that that is the song we Absolutely. do for them. Uh, and she also does an amazing version of the uh, Star Spangled Banner on there as well. Excellent. Well, that's what Excellent. that was. Okay, so I'm definitely going to have to get a copy. Well, those are yours. yours. Those are yours. Oh, well, thank you. I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. So, uh, 
uh, <laughs> no, that's that's incredible. I love that. That's a that's a great story. And again, I didn't know that uh, with the with CD we had mentioned the song, but I didn't know all of that detail. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's and it's well received, uh, but it it's kind of got a heavy overtone to it, you know. And a lot of people want to move ahead; they don't want to think about it, or they had they were directly affected, or. But most of the, the people that were there, especially in our area, we have so many retired from that area, and they they were there that day, and they had great mm-hmm. loss. And you know, it's an intense it's an intense song, and and uh, from the heart. And uh, I wouldn't brag on the vocals there that that I did, but anyway, <laughs> it's a good song, and we still do it. Well, it's it's something we shouldn't forget. No, we, we should not. We should we no, should we remember should. that because that that danger is still there and present. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so, no, that's fantastic. Uh, now, you had mentioned you wanted to talk about uh, what happened next. Well, what happened then is is with that gusto going and Carrie and I working along, I was working with Donnie and one of Jim's biggest fans was is uh, John Wally. And John Wally is a gentleman from uh, Southwick, Massachusetts. And he had one a, of his best friends. A restaurant there, and you will notice here in Lashley Park, John Wally the Fourth stage, in in memory of his son. Well, he put in a sound. He has. He says rock star. He always calls me rock star. He says rock star. We got to put in a sound system. It's okay. <laughs> so Carrie and I and Donnie got up there and uh, put in a sound system. I did not put the sound system in, just so she we're clear had, on that. She came along for the ride. <laughs> I was hanging out with everybody. <laughs> and no sooner than we got the sound system in and everybody happy and all of that, uh, he hooked me up with the guitar of a lifetime, and it's that one right there. And we decided we was going to make us a live recording. and uh, Called Live at the Southwick End. Live which at is, the Southwick End. Which is the name of their... Uh, restaurant that okay. they have in Southwick, Mass. And and Carrie completely edited four and a half hours of whatever was there, long. all on her own. Yeah, it was a long Big, it took you know, forever. One deck to another deck, that were intense, and she did it all. She was amazing. But we had it professionally mastered and and produced, but or reproduced, and we sold out of them. But when Gary's mother passed, we found one of the original copies still in the shrink wrap at her house mm-hmm. so we still have she saved it off after all those years so that was really sweet to have that and uh so we do have one left i i think we forgot to keep one for ourselves <laughs> we weren't real, we weren't the, the sharpest knives in the drawer but we were there <laughs> and then we thought, well, shoot, we're in the record-making business, honey. <laughs> we are. We're going to go make another one. So we did a, well, tell the story about Batteries Plus, Caribbean uh, Cowboy. What is the, I have a, what? <laughs> we had some good fans that, that came and listened to us, and they said, you know what? Our son has a recording studio. They Jimmy. said up in, in Jimmy Shelberg in Jackson, Jackson, Michigan. Yeah. And we decided, well, if we're going to do it, and it's going to be analog, and it's going to be good, let's go do it. And when Carrie rented a lodge that was real short, I hit my head a lot. Well, it was a ca- it was a cottage, <laughs> and <laughs> okay, so so it was built in like 1914 or something. I don't know. It was like from it was ridiculous. I don't even know if it was the cent- last century. It might have been the century before. So 
we stayed at this little cottage and it was very uneven. The floors were at an angle at this point because mm-hmm. old buildings. Yeah. Settling, yes, yes old cottage. Settled very strangely. And of course, the main house was this huge mansion on the water. Like, why can't we stay there, you know? But all the, all the doorways were really low. So I had to make a sign because every morning I would hear, you know, Gary get up and he'd, <laughs> ow, every morning. So I had to, and we were there for three weeks. So I had to make a sign and put it on the floor that said, duck, Gary. And it worked. <laughs> He's ready to move on. <laughs> so you, you were going to record. It we worked. Had no, when we went up there and booked the studio time, we had no idea what we were going to record. We had a general, uh, sort of, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember, and you said, well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we could do this one and this one. And you said, oh, you're a genius. That was a short-lived compliment as well. <laughs> that was but- a very short-lived conversation. He was a genius for five minutes. But we did all, a lot of original songs, and then we added um, Long-Legged Guitar Picking Man by Johnny and June that we redid. We're not the Jet Set, which we were very familiar with, um, the John Prine version of that song, who is no longer with us. Mm, right. Uh, you were explaining during the break, um, recent tragedy. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had COVID-19, so that was very sad. So he, And John Prine was a huge influence of ours. He wrote the very first song we ever did as a duo called Angel from Montgomery, which is on the live album that's no longer in print that we want to resurface. But yeah, he was an enormous influence, and especially the first three years we were together, half of our repertoire was John Prine songs. So it's really sad that he had to pass this year because of COVID-19, but so it's he was amazing live. You want to talk about one of the best concerts. If you did not get to see him, I'm sorry, but you missed out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're fine, right? A, a, a real talent that we'll, we'll all miss. Uh, Gary. Well, we went up there to Jackson to record, and Jimmy was quite accommodating, and he had a staff of uh, studio musicians, and they came in, they learned the arrangements, they threw it down, and we did it. And what'd you say? The whole we did all the tracking in how long? Capture was eight days, and mixed down was eleven. And then on the way back, we dropped it off in Delaware, Ohio. Ohio. I don't. I oh, forgot his name. Chris, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And uh, he mastered it for us. And here it is. It's called Nice to Meet You, which is the title track, which actually is not listed on here. It's a ghost track. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, of course, we made T-shirts for the girls that said Nice to Meet You across the chest. Cause that, and you panties. Know, you made panties, too. I did. I made panties. Like and they did. And they said Nice to Meet You across the back end. I don't know what, I don't know what word to use, so I'll, use, I'll just point. <laughs> And you can, you can kind of get a general, a visual, if you're just listening. But, moving along. Uh, <laughs> and those were those sold well. Some of the, They were a big item in Key West, you know. <laughs> they were huge. A lot of photo US. ops, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Nice to Meet You uh, is available on iTunes. For those of you who don't need any coasters. <laughs> And you're referring to when I was sitting here earlier and I said, oh, well, there's some CDs. And Gary says, yeah, they're good coasters. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They make good coasters. They won't be coasters. I'll actually be playing them. That we'll, we'll probably, if it's all right with you, we'll actually take a bit of each track and oh, we'll just do. drop it in to the show. 
That's fine. We're, however we're you see that'd, fit. That'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You've got these. If people wanted to find out where you're playing or you're performing, where would they get some information? Uh, GaryandCarrie.com. That's G-A-R-Y-A-N-D-K-E-R-R-I.com. Mm-hmm. And they, our schedule, again, I have to update it, but we keep getting more work. And it's we're not booking the way we usually do. I usually book out far in advance, but with COVID-19, there are some you know, hesitations with some of the mm-hmm. restaurants because they don't know what's going to happen. So right. just keep, you know, I'll let you know on the website and on Facebook. We're at Gary N, just the letter N, Carrie, or just Gary Carrie. And okay. It's the same spelling. Well, we'll get those, we'll get that information and those links and we'll put it up on the show when, when it, when it comes out. So they'll be able to have Good man, to go Dave. right to them. Thank well, you, it's not just me. There's a whole other crew that, that works on all this. Well, uh, thank them for us. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Michelle, and uh, Mary, and uh, quite a few others that all help produce this show. A shout out. Yeah, they, they just make me look good when I'm not making a complete fool of myself. But there we go. <laughs> oh, you're not making a fool of yourself, Dave. You obviously have never listened to any of the blooper reels at the end of some of those shows, have you? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, moving on. There's other parts. <laughs> we know what part not to say. No, we talked about that earlier. We talked about that earlier. But, moving on. Ah. Oh, don't say your word. No, no, uh-uh. Was that my cue? Was that my cue? <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a short break. (laughs) We definitely need to take a short break. (laughs) So when we come back, we're going to get set up so you two can actually do a performance that we can record, and then we'll get the uh, commercial. So everyone, hold on, because you're going to hear some really good stuff. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Lisa Wingate, author of Before We Were Yours, And today I've been enjoying Partnership with the Arts Talk Show. Okay, we want to make sure we thank Lisa Wingate for that commercial. If you are not familiar with Lisa's work, you should check it out. She is an author over 30 novels. And her latest novel, Before We Were Years, is a New York Times bestseller. It has sold over a million and a half copies. I'm sure much more since then. Wonderful, wonderful writer, and just a beautiful, all-around, very, very giving person. So, Lisa, want to thank you for that. Now, as promised, uh, before we went to commercial, Gary and Carrie are now set up to do several-minute performance. It is one of my picks. I've got, I got to ask. It's not an original, but it is one of my all-time favorites. So, I appreciate this whenever you two are ready. And we'll be a lover All your life you never seen a woman Take it by the sky What would you say if she promised you heaven Would you even try? She is 
just like a kid in the dark And then she is a darkness She rules her life like a fast sky lock And with the sky is starless Oh, you love, you never seen a woman Taken by the wind Would you stay if she promised you heaven? Thank you so much. <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh, thank us. you so much. You know, I haven't mentioned before, and I'm just going to mention now, you two perform for a living. You do this all the time. Yes. This is your living. You, you don't do something on the side. This, this Correct. You do this. Yeah. Let's talk about the Don Remembers. It is one of your songs. Yes. Original. Yeah. You want me to take this one? Yes, please. Well, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, his 
older son, Trevor, was visiting us. He lived in El Paso, Texas with his mother, and he was visiting with us. And it was towards the end of the visit. He would stay with us for the summer, and then he would have to go back before school started. So we all piled into the bathroom. Which As thought, mo- you know, that's, that's what most families do right them. before they're about ready to say goodbye. <laughs> and um, I sat on a, a chair in the shower. We were fully clothed. Um, Gary sat on, of course, the toilet, and we put poor Trevor on the floor. And he had a bottle in his hand and a, sl- a slide that you would play slide guitar with on his finger, and he kept a little beat. And Gary played the guitar, and Gary um, has a fascinating uh, talent to just create a melody out of thin air that you've never really heard before. And he started creating that melody. Trevor was playing the the bottle, and I kind of hummed along some pseudo-lyrics. In the morning, before we took him to the airport, I sat outside as the sun rose. So the Dawn Remembers came from sitting at dawn and watching the colors in the sky turn, you know, in Florida we have these beautiful sunrises and sunsets. So... I sat there thinking and mulling over just how sad the two boys were that they had to part ways. And it was really hard on them. And I I utilized some of the lyrics that I wrote based on conversations I had had that summer with Trevor and and with Gary, uh, knowing that they, you know, were going to have to part ways in in just a matter of time. So Mm. a lot of the lyrics came from that. And I sat Gary down. We came home from the airport, and I said, you need to pull that song back up because I wrote some lyrics this morning before we left, and I want to see if they fit because I don't really remember the melody that well, but I think I I hit it enough, and I can fill in the blanks, but I have a general idea of what I want to say in the song, and... He he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't that good. I'm like, Gary, it was really good. You need to pull it up and just have a little faith. And he did, and I sang it for him and fixed it. And we adjusted some lyrics, and boom, there you go. That's how that song came about. So it was kind of a little tribute to, to for him and his son. And I think a lot of people since then have used it for various reasons. Um, I know that it has been used at a, a, a close dear friend's funeral for her father and mm-hmm. um you know just several people have have a few weddings a few several weddings, weddings yeah. have used it and um you know it's just been it's a touching song for people it, it is it's a beautiful song so i'm glad that it, it it resonates differently to different people and that's kind of you know what you want to capture when you write, you know? He was just mm-hmm. a little boy, and, and now he's 28 and off in his own. Really, uh, so that song kind of gives me the glue in between those visitations, you know. So. Yeah, he was I, a I grown you. man now, so yeah. So it's it's interesting that, that that's where it comes from. Wow. Well, thank you for explaining that, because now, now you get the story behind the song, and that, to me, always makes the difference to something. And, and again, it's beautiful, beautifully done. We are out of time. Unfortunately, because it could really keep you here for quite a bit longer with some good stories. Well, we've been and some here for two days, so I think it's. I think you should have plenty of material. Well, <laughs> I, you know that's good too, and you know it would have helped if I bothered to bring some food that whole time. But we did survive on coffee, and I coffee think that water. explains a lot uh, for the show. We, uh, can you snap our parking ticket? Or, or... Do you validate? Yeah, validate. Well, unfortunately, that would be Kim. She's left. But seriously, thank you for coming on the show. 
<laughs> really enjoyed it here, and we and we really enjoyed learning about the you call it the VAC, the VAC, the Visual v Arts Center, the, the VAC, v the mm -hmm. VAC, as a as a really interesting place, and and anyone who hasn't visited here. Uh, they need to come out and check it out and become members and artists need to really come check this place out because this is such a stepping stone for people. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a community. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing place. Yeah. Amazing. It's really interesting. Art. It has everything. So from classes to actual, you hang the art and sell it for them. I mean, right. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's why it was created to help support the art community, and i.e., that's the artist to help them to make a living uh, as well. And again, you two can appreciate something like that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And furthermore, how they care enough, have enough setting up foundations and leaving things and encouraging others to participate and all that. Well, leaving legacies behind so yeah. other people can enjoy. Art. And that's, that's really the definition of this place is leaving a legacy behind for everyone to enjoy in the community. Well said. I look forward to catching many, many more performances yeah. with you two around the area now that I got your list. <laughs> so now there's just no excuse. Now there's no excuse. <laughs> That's right. And all of you should definitely come and find uh, Gary and Carrie and listen to them. If you enjoyed the clips here, it's nothing compared to live because <laughs> uh, this equipment can only capture so much. And uh, really, the heart and soul isn't really captured on recording as it is live performance so again thank you two for coming on the show thank and you. spending you know these two days living on coffee oh, with thank us. you so much <laughs> good coffee that blueberry coffee i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna steal it from you <laughs> i think i can work out giving you a cup before we go one last cup right one last cup but first you have one more performance to do the dawn remembers so let's get set up and get ready for that Thank you for joining us once again. And next time, Lauren, the intern co-host, will be joining us on the show. So you'll get a chance to meet her. And we've got a lot more wonderful art to cover next time when we talk art. Okay, so Gary and Carrie one more time performing as we close out the show, The Dawn Remembers.
wish that you could stay The dawn remembering my love My love won't go away yeah, If you find memories you try so hard to store, keep in mind that when you leave, I'll never let you go. And when you're gone, my Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 